Are you trying to stay up to date on crypto events? Well, you're in luck because we have another cryptocurrent for you right here, right now on The Cryptocracy. Welcome back, Cryptocrats. We are bringing you another episode of Cryptocurrents. Uh, we recognize that it has been a little while since we've dropped an episode, but we thank you for your patience and for sticking with us. We are here again to share with you all current events dealing with blockchain technology and I almost said Bitcoin, but just cryptocurrency in general. But a lot of times it's Bitcoin. Yeah, a lot of times it's Bitcoin. And, and of course, joining me is our esteemed crypto expert, Crypto Corey himself. Hey, it's good to be back. I guess back on my own show. Um, I, I hope we still have our eight listeners out there. It's been uh, a few weeks since we were able to, to drop an episode um, just because life has gotten busy and trying to get the three of us together to, to record has been a little bit uh, challenging. Um, so forgive us. Uh, we're going to try to get uh, more regular at this and, uh, but I have to say you're getting what you, what you pay for. Yes. I, I think, I still think it's a pretty good deal for the very low price that we charge our listeners. The low price of free, free, free 99. If you want to be technical. Um, and I, I guess we, we have still released at least one episode a month this year. So yeah, that's not too bad. I don't think we're breaking records for least amount uh, of episodes released in a year. Yep. That's better than nothing. All right. Well, we got some interesting crypto stories, cryptocurrency events for you. If you will, let's jump into our first one. So the USDC stablecoin Depegging has caused some concern among crypto adv- advocates as five other stable coins slip below parity. Now that's, that's a quite the intro, but can you tell us why this story is important? Yeah, that's that's a bit of a mouthful. Um, stable coins continue to to be a problem, and um, I you know personally I think stable coins are eventually going to get heavily regulated um, because they're trying to represent the the U.S. dollar uh, in digital currency form um, without it actually being a, a U.S. dollar. Um, what a stable coin is for those of you who might not know, um, is it's supposed to be, if, if you have one of these stable coins, then it's always supposed to be worth a dollar. It's not supposed to be worth more. It's not supposed to be worth less. Although if you get on, um, in, you know, like coin gecko and, and look at the, at tether, for example, uh, you'll see that sometimes it's worth a dollar one, a dollar two, and sometimes it's worth only ninety-eight cents. But the but the general idea is that it's supposed to be worth a a dollar. And a lot of these uh, coins have had problems um, sometimes with with the way that they're with the way that they're backing them when they don't back them purely with uh, dollars and they back them with algorithms and another coins. Um, those coins tend to just completely uh, unpeg and then fail, and then people do arbitrage trading, which is they 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 buy 
the the dollars uh, at a certain price and then are able to get them cheaper later to pay back their loans and they just keep doing that in a in a circle um uh because if you can buy the dollar uh the stable coin for less than a dollar uh you you supposedly can trade it for a dollar or at least to keep it pegged they have to keep putting liquidity in uh to keep it uh tradable at uh par with a dollar and so you can drain the backing um out of, of a stable currency by by just trading the, the the stable coin in and getting whatever uh it's backed with back out so it, it tends to be a problem i think tether is probably the most stable one out there although uh tether in my opinion has its problems because it's not 100 percent backed by the dollar um it's backed by other cryptocurrencies so i i think that there might be um some problems uh in the future for tether um, but let's talk about USDC in particular. So what what happened to cause this this quote unquote stable coin to become unstable? Well, a lot of you are familiar with the with the Silicon Valley Bank, which just went into receivership. Um, basically, the feds came in and, and took it over, uh, saying that that it's insolvent. Um, it's going to cause a lot of problems in Silicon Valley. Uh, we probably won't get into that much uh, today, but there's a lot of of companies that have their payroll, uh, startup companies that have their payroll now locked up in this bank and they're unable to get their their money out. So they might not be able to make payroll. You could see massive layoffs in, in Silicon Valley. Um, so I'm not, I mean, I'm not predicting that that's going to happen. I'm saying you, you could see massive layoffs. And Circle, the company behind USDC, has 3.1 or 3.3 billion i can't remember of their cash that's back in the usdc coin is held in the silicon valley bank and that bank has become insolvent and they tried to get their money wired out of the bank and and it didn't happen um so the dollar or so the the usdc coin unpegged people panicked and uh exchanges stopped accepting usdc and stopped trading usdc so it's kind of on hold to see how this thing shakes out um you know could this have cascading effects on other stable coins i honestly don't know uh there i did read an article that said uh, well in this article specifically it said that that five other stable coins slipped below parity um personally for those of you who are are worried about what you should do with your crypto and and uh should you should you keep a stable coin i have never kept my money in stable coins um i i trade out of the cryptocurrency if i do use a stable coin it goes back into another cryptocurrency or it goes into us dollars and gets transferred to my personal banking account and um you know we don't give financial advice but i would urge you to be very cautious if you are using stable coins um to not keep your your funds in stable coins get them into actual us dollars or keep them in a in a cryptocurrency some some wise words yeah that's uh the whole um silicon valley bank it's kind of a crazy story it feels like a lot of things are going belly up lately why do you, do you think there's like why do you think that is do you think it's because we're going kind of into a recession or well i think well i i think we've been in a, a recession i think that's there, there's um I, I i think you know things could get worse uh hopefully they don't but uh but they certainly they could get worse we've had bad inflation we've got interest rates rising which pretty much slows the economy down um 
it's the one lever that that the Fed can pull to try to slow the economy so that it, it curbs inflation, but it also has a side effect of of killing uh, growth because there's not easy access to capital. So it's kind of a it's kind of a two edged sword. If you allow easy access to capital, well then you get growth. But if you get uh, runaway growth or or cheap easy money, you get inflation um, because you have too much money chasing too few goods. Uh, but but the reverse is uh, problems where if you can't finance the new homes that are being built or the new cars that are being built or the or the computers and um, you know consumer goods that that people need to buy if if, if people can't afford to buy them because they don't have the cash and they need to buy something with a loan that money becomes really really expensive and gets really tight so. Um, I, you know, I think that there is some, some serious concern in the economy. And I think, uh, what happened with, with the Silicon Valley bank or SVB, as uh, you hear it referred to uh, in the news, um, from what I understand is they, they went out and bought a bunch of, uh, risky mortgages, um, because they, they paid, you know, a pretty good, uh, interest rate. And it looks like a lot of those defaulted. So that basically they were, they were, uh, not managing the money very well, and they entered into risky uh, investments. And uh, when when the run on the bank started, um, they couldn't pay everybody out who wanted to get out. And and that's what happens as soon as there's a run on a bank, the bank is going to fail um, because there's no bank that can pay everyone back. Um, if you think that I don't I don't care what bank it is, whether it's Wells Fargo or Bank of America or or Silicon Valley Bank, if there's a run on your bank, your bank will fail. Because what what happens is, is that your money is not sitting in your account. Oh, yeah, you can look at it. And there's some there's a bunch of of numbers on your on your laptop or on your cell phone that say you have X amount of of dollars in your account. But you really don't. You have yeah, this led- isn't Gringotts from Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You've got a ledger entry saying that you that you're owed this money. It's basically an IOU from the bank, but really your money went into someone's mortgage or into someone's car or into someone's business. And if everyone wants to get their their money out, my understanding and and I could be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty certain that the reserve requirements are only 10%. So a bank only has to keep 10% of the money that's deposited on hand and they can loan out the other 90%. And that poses a problem because as soon as more than than ten percent of the people want their money back, well, not ten percent of the people, but as soon as people uh, representing more than ten percent of the money of the bank want their money back, um, the bank becomes insolvent and they can't uh, meet withdrawals. So it's a it's a big problem. Every bank is on the verge of being insolvent unless they have a lot of assets of their own, a lot of cash on hand of their own. But in reality, that's just not how banks operate. They they lend it out. That's how they how they make money. So you've got that going on. You had the whole problem with with FTX. Uh, that was a huge debacle. A lot of people lost a lot of money. The faith in the crypto industry has kind of been upset. And then all of a sudden, you see a, another stablecoin in in trouble. Um, you know, I I think people are going to panic and they're going to try to get their money. Uh, out of whatever system they need to get it out of and it's going to cause it's going to cause problems scary scary stuff all right well let's let's jump to our next story and this is this is kind of an interesting one so the country of south korea 
has doubled down on the metaverse. So they've announced a $51 million investment in related projects. And this is the specifically the Ministry of Science and ICT of South Korea. And do you, what does the ICT actually stand for? Uh, no, I don't, I don't know what, uh, what the ICT, uh, stands for. And I love, uh, the names like ministry of science. Um, you know, it, any, any country besides the United States, whenever they, they have some government, uh, agency, a lot of times they put ministry in, in the front of it. And, uh, I think Americans tend to look at the, at the term ministry of this or ministry of that. Uh, as a little bit negative and, and almost a, uh, you know, government overreach. Um, but their their Ministry of Science and... Uh, I, ICT stands for Information and Communication Technology. That, that makes perfect G- sense. So their Ministry of Science and, uh, uh, what is it, Information, Communication... And communication and, Technology. And Communication Technology. Um, it, the, the article's kind of funny because it says that they've doubled down. Well... Technically, if they've doubled down, that means that they already put fifty-one million dollars into into projects, and I don't know that that's true. Um, I think it's just uh, some colorful language. But but the reason why I included this article is because I think that you're going to see more and more uh, stories like this. You see stories coming out of out of Dubai where uh, the 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 uh, um, I guess the royal family in in Dubai has put money in, into the government for uh, supporting different crypto projects. Uh, there's a lot of uh, crypto uh, development that goes on in Dubai, which is kind of a, a strange place if you think about it for for crypto development to be taking place. Um, you're seeing this come out of, of South Korea, where the government's investing money into it. Uh, personally, I think probably it's because there's a lot of gaming that takes place in South Korea. Uh, and if the metaverse is going to take over gaming or be a big part of gaming in the future, then it probably stands to reason that, that the government wants to get involved and help foster this uh, type of a community because it is, you know, it is a, a, a pastime that, that their citizens engage in, but it's also a moneymaker. There are a lot of South Koreans who make money uh, playing games, entering tournaments and, uh, doing different things around uh, the game industry, so um, it makes sense for them to to uh, get involved and to uh, invest in this. So I think that you'll see uh, this more and more uh, coming from different countries uh, investing in in quote unquote the metaverse. Um, I wish I'd saved the article, and um, our eight listeners will have to forgive me. There was an article. Uh, where someone had written an opinion that it looks like Mark Zuckerberg has given up on on the metaverse because he was uh, putting all of his money into uh, machine learning and, and AI. And it seems like the uh, metaverse arm uh, of their company was getting a little bit neglected, uh, probably because it's just hemorrhaging money. And um, you all know, if you've listened to this podcast, that my opinion is that they don't have what it takes to make the metaverse happen, that it will happen organically and won't be pushed by one uh, company uh, specifically. And um, so I think you're going to see the uh, meta uh, spin off more into AI and, and, and machine learning. And I think that we'll probably uh, on this podcast, probably start covering machine learning and AI a, a, a little bit more um, because I think, you're you're not going to be able to talk about cryptocurrency without talking about or, or blockchain without talking about the metaverse, and you're not going to be able to talk about the metaverse without sooner or later ta- later talking about AI and machine learning, 
And that's why I think that you've seen uh, a pivot from Mark Zuckerberg to lean heavily more on machine learning and AI. One, because it's a big moneymaker. Look at what ChatGPT is doing. Um, and two, because it is going to be part of the foundation for the metaverse uh, to work, to have uh, 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 AI versions of yourself or or AI assistants working in the metaverse to uh, help you uh, accomplish tasks. And so I think that he hasn't necessarily given up on his metaverse ideas. Um, I think he's given up on just trying to drive the metaverse and instead is looking at uh, going back down to the infrastructure layer, which if you've listened to this podcast, you know how I feel about infrastructure. Whenever you see banks, uh, governments, uh, companies investing in infrastructure, that's when you know that, that the technology is is here to stay. So, wow, talked about a lot of things. We started in South Korea, kind of went around the world, ended up on uh, Facebook or slash Meta, and uh, talked about Dubai a little. Talked bit. Talked about Dubai. So, uh, I guess we can we can wrap this one up. I think you're going to see more investment uh, in the metaverse and uh, the corollary. Well, I don't know if it's the right word is a corollary, but it, ancillary to that is going to be investment in AI and machine learning. All right. Super interesting stuff. Let's jump to our next story. So the Grayscale Chief Legal Officer is trying... So I guess we can rewind a little bit. Um, Grayscale has sued... Now correct me if I'm wrong. Grayscale has sued the SEC. Yes, that is correct. And so that that court case is going on right now we actually have two stories that kind of cover this so it seems that to me and i'd like to get your thoughts on this it seems like it's going well for in the case you know for grayscale is that yeah so correct so let's uh let's 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 talk about yeah so let's talk about what grayscale is great grayscale is a uh company that was founded by barry silbert um and a lot of the stuff that's gone down with FTX and and um, the the collapse that happened with FTX and then uh, uh, some of the other our companies that were associated with it. I think uh, one of the companies that Barry Silbert had had exposure to um, FTX, and so it's kind of, he's kind of been a controversial figure as of late. And uh, because of it, uh, people thought that uh, Grayscale might become completely. Um, I don't know if insolvent's the right word because they do they hold cryptocurrency in trust. Uh, so Grayscale is, is an investment trust, and GBTC is their their Bitcoin trust, and ETHE is their Ethereum trust. And they have a bunch of uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies that are just uh, held in trust for for investors. And there was a lot of talk on the street that Barry Silbert was going to be forced. Uh, to make good on the other companies by selling off uh, Bitcoin um, at basically, you know, the the street value, and then paying uh, paying off the the debts for his other companies, and that that didn't happen. Uh, about this time, uh, Kathy Wood came out and she actually did double down uh, on GBTC and bought. Um, it wasn't a lot uh, for her investment fund, but she bought a couple of million dollars more of GBTC because she felt like it was undervalued. Um, it's running somewhere in the neighborhood of about 40%, uh, 40 to 50% of its actual uh, net asset value, meaning that 
for every one Bitcoin that they hold, they have about 50% of that value represented in, in the stock, the, under, the, the stock itself, meaning that it's trading for 50% less than, than the Bitcoin it represents, which is kind of crazy because for most of its time, um, GPTC traded at a premium at 20% over. So if Bitcoin was a thousand, uh, GPTC uh, was 1200, if that makes sense. Um, and the math doesn't work out exactly because one one uh, GPTC share is worth, I think, 0. 0.0009 of a Bitcoin, um, roughly. Uh, I, I don't know. I'd have to sit down and, and look at it again. But it's on their website. You can look at it and you can see for every share you own, you own uh, you know, 0. 0.009 or something like that of, of a Bitcoin. So that's a whole bunch of background on, on GPTC. Well, all of the all the while that all this other uh, crazy stuff is going on um grayscale has been in a fight with the sec um for going on at least two years now uh where they have been applying to get turned into an, an etf which is an exchange exchange traded fund so they will no longer be a trust but they'll actually be uh, an ETF, etf and there are some some differences uh one if they do become an ETF, uh, they'll instantly regain the lost uh, value, if you will. They'll, they'll go from that forty to fifty percent to a hundred percent, and probably gain a premium, maybe you know one hundred and ten percent of Bitcoin's value. And it also allows people to uh, buy these ETFs in their in their four hundred one ks and IRAs um, very easily, so that people who have retirement money. Um, can get exposure to to Bitcoin through the ETF. Now, some of them, uh, myself included, can get exposure to uh, to Bitcoin uh, through their their IRA, which which I do. I, I own a fair amount of GBTC and a fair amount of ETHE and some other uh, smaller um, uh, trusts in in some other cryptocurrencies. But um, a lot of your your companies won't support them because they're basically uh, what they call on, on the pink sheets, meaning that they're not traded on the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ or, or any big exchange. They're, they're a little bit more expensive to buy and hold, and they're considered extremely risky. Um, so a lot of companies won't let you buy them in your, in your IRA. No, I happen to be lucky, and, and the companies that I use to, to hold my IRA will, will let me purchase them, uh, Fidelity. Uh, being the, the the largest one that I that I have, um, so long story short, it's as soon as it becomes an ETF, it will get exposure pretty much to uh, everyone's IRA and a lot of four four hundred one ks, and so this is why Barry Silbert uh, and the company have been pushing hard to to become an ETF. Now here's here's why they think that they're they'll be successful, and they think that a ruling will come. I think Q three which will be in their favor and will force the SEC to allow them to become an ETF. Um, and that's because they, they allow futures, uh, Bitcoin futures, which are certainly more volatile than, than spot, uh, to be traded as an ETF. And, and the judges in the case who were asking questions of the SEC, um, the questions that they were asking were showing that they were somewhat skeptical of the SEC's position. Um, because quite frankly, their, their position is ridiculous. Um, allowing an ETF on Bitcoin futures is, in my opinion, probably 
much more uh, dangerous for the for the consumer than allowing a spot ETF. Um, regardless, uh, it doesn't look, look look like the judges are going to side in favor of the the SEC. Um, it looks like that uh, Grayscale has a pretty good chance of of winning uh, this, and if they do. Um, holding on to, to GBTC at its current price will be awesome because it'll probably uh, double overnight. So that, that was a, another another long explanation. Uh, hopefully it wasn't too uh, meandering and, and you could follow uh, everything I said. I, I think our listeners will be fine. I think we have some pretty intelligent listeners. And if they get lost, they can always rewind and, and re-listen. Yeah, so... Uh, again, this is not uh, financial advice. Uh, don't run out and, and, and buy GBTC. Um, you know, Barry Silbert might have to liquidate it tomorrow. I mean, you don't, you just don't know in this industry. Um, so be be careful in in what what you invest in. But uh, in, in my opinion, there is a there's a good possibility that uh, if the if the judges rule in favor of uh, Grayscale, that you'll see both of those funds double. Um, both of them were up uh, quite a bit. I think ten percent or so. I, I can't. I can't remember the the exact amount, but um, it looks like the market is is also believing that that they might get a favorable uh, ruling, and that's why both GBTC and ETHE were were up uh, quite a bit. Well, that's good to know. And that is also our last story. So we don't want to take up too much of our listeners' time and we have some more episodes to record. So with that, remember to always stay cryptic.